Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Bleeding Edge podcast. I'm your host, Ralph Benker, and today on the show, we have Arne Terry. Arne, welcome to the show. Welcome. Thank you for having me, Ralph. Thank you very much. So, uh, Arne, you have been a, uh, a uh, well, I guess you would call yourself a career recruiter, and uh, you have... Uh, built up a, an impressive record, really, of helping organizations, both large and small, recruit the kind of IT skills and resources that they need to deliver their business objectives and their projects. Um, you have uh, recently started your own um, uh, recruitment consultancy called Daniel Ernest, and you're the director of sales. And um, you've been driving that now for just over a year and, 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 and a half, as I understand, but recently, things have taken a little bit of a twist for you. So uh, maybe before we get into what you've been up, been, been up to and, and some of the things that you've been posting on LinkedIn, and just tell us you know, what's going on with recruitment right now. Right. Thanks for the introduction. Yeah. What is going on with recruitment right now? Very interesting. But again, it, it, it depends what kind of sectoral niche you're going into. So I won't obviously go into other sectors, which, which could be booming at the moment. Um, but in terms of talking about the IT um, sector or the ERP sector, it's um, been a bit of a roller coaster. Um, what I will do is just give you a quick overview on my experience, and I'm sure there are many thousands, maybe more than thousands of recruiters worldwide that, that's gone through this situation. So I was in, the, in, in, in a good point um, maybe eight weeks ago, uh, and then the, the virus outbreak started, started to become more and more popular uh, across to Europe. I had some um, short conversations with a few of my clients. It was all, you know, not to worry, not to worry. And then it got to the case of, right, okay, it's getting into Europe now. So maybe we're going to pause and slow down some recruitment. And then the maybe then became into more than likely. And then the more than likely then became into definitely. So just to kind of um, give you a bit more information onto that, I'm talking about starters, you know, people here. So I had um, a couple of candidates who were due to start a role. Um, th those roles, as you can imagine, have now been put on hold. Um, so they're kind of in limbo. Um, and then I've had other situations where we had candidates at um, final interview stage, to offer stage, and those positions, again, were just, just wiped out with a, hey, here's, you know, free, well, we're putting recruitment on hold for, for three months, we'll see. And I, I, I'm not too sure if I could put my claim to this, but I think I may have been one of the first people to actually openly go on LinkedIn and put a bit of rant and rave on LinkedIn about one of my, my clients that's um, stalled one of the, um, the vacancies due to this virus outbreak. And then I got a bit of traction on that. Um, but yeah, um, that, that's my experience so far. Basically, what you're saying is your business evaporated overnight, and uh, and it, it's for all intents and purposes, it's stalled right now in terms of IT recruitment. Yeah, it, it as I would say, a, a very hard stop. Um, it was literally because obviously my, my business is a, is a small business as well. Um, yeah, it, it literally was a hard stop overnight. 
Um, and I kind of saw some of the signs because I was tracking the US and from history, the US normally were a bit ahead of us of what, what they're doing and what they're planning. Uh, and I saw the US was stalled and things. I saw Vegas was shut down, which which never happens. And so kind of um, panic uh, set in, to be honest. And then, a, then panic then settled and it was a case of, right, okay, what do I need to do? Well, on the podcast today, what we're going to talk about is reinvention. And, uh, and I think it's been a, quite a poignant exercise for you because obviously you set up your own small business, your own uh, recruitment business uh, in order to improve your lifestyle, really. You wanted to change the priorities of work and, and life. And, um, and I think that was certainly one of the things when you started, you know, you explained the, the model that, that you were working to. Now that's all changed, but in some ways it's kind of been a catalyst for you. So this idea about uh, work-life balance um, and this idea about reinvention, just tell us a little bit about uh, you know, why you considered it and why you even started on that journey. And then we'll, we'll get on to some of the more interesting bits about uh, what you're actually doing now and uh, mm-hmm. the success mm-hmm. you've So your motivation for going on this journey and building a new life, for designing a new life. <laughs> so wh- when you first introduced me, you introduced me as a career recruiter. So showing my recruitment age, I think it's around 15 years in recruitment. Um, so I- I'm what you would call a, um, a contract recruiter, where it's where, what I started off in. So it's very fast paced, it's very tough you get told no every single day of the of the week, constantly no's, constant letdowns. So you, you have to think on your feet. So I've built up my resilience over the decade as being a contract recruiter. Then from being uh, just a, a lone wolf contract recruiter, I moved into senior recruiter, principal recruiter, um, then to uh, a lead, then to a manager, uh, running a PNL. Um, so I've, I've done quite a lot over over the decade. Um, come, you know, fast forwarding it to, to now, as you mentioned, uh, I recently set up my own business. Um, that was hundred percent for lifestyle um, because. Being a recruitment consultant, uh, I can't speak for for all companies. I'm just speaking from my point of view. Is you don't really, you know, again, if you've got a family as well, you don't see your family as often. So, you know, typical day, I would leave the house at um, seven o'clock. I would do the school run as well. So, you know, the kid would be in the car. Well, my kids be in the car. I'll take them to breakfast club. Then I'll jump back in my car. Then I'll race um, in, into the city centre, park my car, power walk into the office, do my team meetings, work until, um, again, the, the depending, you know, job finished. It wasn't really a finished time. So if it's seven o'clock, eight o'clock, whatever time it was, uh, get home, uh, never see my children, uh, always be at, um, you know, at the dinner table by myself in the evening. And there's only so much of that you can actually take. So that's kind of a very, very condensed reason why I went into setting up my own business, um, Daniel Ernest, uh, in the recruitment space, um, which was for, for lifestyle. And then I was actually um, toying you know, between uh, two parts of my uh, uh, conscience 
on the shoulder is do I keep it as a lifestyle business or do I scale it? But um, I was enjoying it so much. I thought, no, let's keep it as a lifestyle. It's still very young. We'll just see what happens. Now that we've got this new paradigm and, uh, and it looks like, you know, business is going to be coming back and no doubt the IT recruitment business will be coming back. Um, but of course, during this time, you're an experimenter and, uh, and you're certainly not scared to put yourself out there. I think it must be all of those no's you've taken as a recruitment uh, <laughs> consultant over the years. You, ha- you have a very thick skin. So uh, you've started applying this in new ways on. Tell us a little bit about your experiment so far and, uh, and maybe, you know, what, what have you done to try and plug the hole that is currently sitting uh, where you know you, you you have no business, so you have no income. So what are you doing right now? Yeah. To try and turn that around. Right. Okay. So when those um, bad news conversations started to happen, I thought right, um, and I co- again I condense this as quickly as I can do. And um, the first thing that flashed into my head was um, two thousand and eight again when I was a recruiter. Um, so that was obviously the, the time of the, again, the, the collapse of the financial economy. At that time, I was a contract recruiter. So I thought I was the best recruiter in the world. I was doing all right for myself. Um, I just bought my Audi A4, um, 2.4 V6. Um, so I was driving around in that. Then, then the crash happened. Um, so it was a very humbling um, experience where the car got sold. Um, you see people now on, on LinkedIn, every, everything, you know, congratulate themselves and pat themselves on the back for going working in Tesco's or, or Morrison's. Or, I did that. I did that back in 2009. Um, a lot of people don't know about this uh, about me because I don't really say too much. So what I did back in 2009 when it, when it really started to hit, um, obviously I sold my car. I just got a run around. Uh, I went and worked for Tesco's. Um, so when I was working as a recruiter, um, then I would finish my job um, Thursday evening, Friday evening, Saturday day, Sunday day. I would work in Tesco's in, in the back um, doing all the stock delivery, mainly on, on the fashion side, F&F. And, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you a, a, a fact here, which I was very excited about when I, when I worked for them. I actually got a suit from Tesco because you get your, your preferential deals, a full suit, not secondhand, for £7.50. <laughs> so, so, you know, the, the way that people are now talking, giving themselves pats on the back for doing that, um, I just think, you know what, just, just get on and do it. Stop trying to get more likes and shares about getting a job, you know? So, so, I'll, you know, we, we can speak about this another time. So condense that, bring myself back to 2020, that vision flashed into my head. And so what I did think, and again, there's nothing around, wrong about working in a, um, uh, in, a, in a grocery store, supermarket, whatever you want to call it. Um, I didn't want to go through that again. Um, not because... Um, I didn't think it was, not because I didn't think it was good enough for it, the knowledge that I've acquired over the the 11 years since that period, I I knew there was something more to that. 
So behind the scenes, I've been actually doing a lot of education work in terms of mindset. Um, so for me, it's all about mindset, 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 mindset. And obviously being in, in sales for, you know, for close to 20 years, um, being told no constantly can have a massive effect on, on you. Um, so bringing uh, onto my business that I set up, which was a free town mindset, was about social media, uh, making money online, et cetera, et cetera. So again, a <clears throat> very condensed story about this. Behind the scenes, I was looking into how I can create another source of income um, alongside my recruitment business. And I came to the conclusion that <clears throat> setting up a blog, setting up social media, online marketing could be a way to do it. Now, what I wasn't doing was being very active and effective in it until I realized that my recruitment business was pretty much dead. So the, the word and terminology that gets, gets thrown around very quickly, so I, I, I'll use the word that everyone uses nowadays, pivot. So the first thing that came into my head was obviously a lot of, a lot of swear words, first of all. Um, pivot <clears throat> came into to me. You know, 11 years ago, you've been through it. You was working in the supermarket. So this time, let's just let's just go and do it online. So I've invested, uh, I won't say how much money, but I've invested money and time in my knowledge about how to blog, how to set up a YouTube channel, how to monetize, how to, you know, use things like labels when you're, when you post one to YouTube and your blogs to make sure Google picks up the information on there. So Google analytics, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so just a, just a few stats from a, from a humble person who didn't really know anything about social media and wasn't interested in social media at all, unless it was about recruitment, you know, so for the last, um, I think my blog has been live since the 1st of March or roundabouts. March, 32,000, I think it's called maybe 550 um, YouTube subscribers. Um, my Instagram's quite low at the moment. My Twitter's low, but all this I've, I've learned within a fraction of the time because of the word pivot and ultimately my husband, children, no money's coming in. You know, so I had to do something drastic and I had to do something quick. Have you, can well, you still hear me? Yeah, I can still hear you. So yeah. uh, you've obviously had some pretty short, sharp success because yeah. you've, yeah. you've already built some, some subscribers. And, uh, and have you been able to bring in any revenue? Yes, I have um, I've uh, I've did I did a post on uh, on pretty much all of the platforms. I did it on LinkedIn. I did it on Twitter. I did it on uh, God. We're, we're pretty much all the social media platforms. When um, when I was learning of other people's products, and in like one day I brought in I think it was like three hundred and sixty three dollars or something like that, which was just like I was like wow, I can't believe I didn't try this 10 years ago so I've I'm I've got a um, a good um, process let's just call it on how to do affiliate marketing still learning uh, on how to make that kind of money in a day uh, I've monetized my blog so 
Uh, again, I'm happy to give some of these secrets away. So anytime you go into my blog and you, you click into, uh, uh, let's just say Amazon or wherever, and you make a purchase, that's been monetized as well. So I make money from that. Um, my, my ultimate thing is obviously to make money via from or from from YouTube as well. Uh, hence why I'm putting a lot of my time and effort into putting good content out there. Um, because when you get to a certain number of um, subscribers and views of your videos, then you can monetize that as well um, by Google AdSense. Oh, and that, that's another thing as well. Yeah, so I'm, I'm monetizing my, my blog as well by Google AdSense with, with adverts on there as well. So I've, I've got a lot of things spinning at the moment. But in, in terms of the money side, um, at the moment, can I put my, you know, can I put my arms up and think and say to myself, I've made it not a chance. I've got years before I get to that position. But what it has allowed me is to pay for simple things, you know, gas, electric, um, shopping. So, the, you know, the, the, the kind of, you know, the necessities it's allowed me to pay for at the moment. And that's what I'm looking to scale. Well, that's always a big bonus, really, when you've got all the small things taken care of because uh, at the end of the day, that makes you feel like you've got some money in your pocket when you can buy a few extra groceries and uh, pick up a, a, a couple of things for the kids. That's how I always feel at any rate. Yeah. And, and I think the thing that's really fascinating here, on is that you've taken from a, a standing start, you've been able to actually build a social media presence, you've created a blog, you've created a YouTube channel by the sounds of things, and not only yes. you've been able to actually get people involved and interested and participating in your content. So, so the draw here is clearly content, but what content is it? What, what kind of information are people actually participating on your platform for? You know, what are you giving them that yeah. they're to, to, to pay? Great, great question. So, <clears throat> so it's it's all it's all free content. So a lot of the stuff which I I never knew. The most searched thing in on uh, on YouTube is how tos. So how to set up your blog. Um. So just stick. So just sticking with going on to YouTube for now. So how to set up your blog. Um. How to add the add the subscribe button. Um. To your YouTube channel, which I never knew how to do. So I did a video, a how to video, on how to the subscribe button on your YouTube channel. I did a video on how to set up your blog. I did a YouTube video on the first seven steps before you thinking about before starting your blog. I, you know, so I started to learn a lot more about what people search for. So it's a how to this, how to that. So my, my belief is to put out as much free content as possible um, because the, the, the way I see it is if I'm doing the, the free content and giving back, then hopefully, fingers crossed, people will believe in me and think, do you know what? This guy's actually helping us out. He's giving to us, so we'll give back to him. So that, that's just my process, thought process behind it. Will it work or not? I don't know, but that, that's what I'm doing. So on, on, on YouTube, it's all about the how-tos, um, 
but it's mainly about blogging, internet marketing. So it's all about online marketing, email marketing, et cetera, et cetera. And, and the reason behind that as well. <clears throat> and I was really proud of myself as well because I learned how to do like screen shares as well. So you, so when, when I'm literally talking over, I'm using a, a certain um, uh, platform or technology with, to just press the button and it goes onto my screen. So then I'm going via navigation and um, so it's like little things that I get I just get excited about because I never knew about it and you know little things as well I never knew that YouTube um, was was this was the second biggest um, search provider in the in the world um, Google being the first YouTube being the second you know these things I didn't know so again before I go off um, uh, <laughs> on the tangent the other thing that I'm giving back to so going on to my blog it's all about again online marketing social media etc etc so my blog is for anyone who wants to use social media um to create money uh and thing thing that i've been mentioning about as well which was um, which again this isn't me that's saying this this isn't this isn't you know, this is old information, but there are, there are two types of people, which I've mentioned it uh, quite a few times now, uh, on social media. Social media, the people that will follow people on social media, your celebrities, your et cetera, et cetera, buy their products, keep spending their products, or the other type of person on social media who is creating a business and creating revenue from it. And that's the side that I'm sitting on at the moment. Whereas previously, I wasn't on social media at all, really, apart from LinkedIn quite a lot. Um, I wasn't I wasn't really on it at all. I didn't take it seriously. I, I thought it was a, a, load of, um, a load of rubbish. Um, but then when I started to educate myself and gain knowledge and gain wisdom and, and apply that, that's when I realised, hmm, okay, no wonder you get these people, you know, not claiming, making 10,000, 20,000, 30,000, 40,000 pounds a month on, on social media because they, they, you know, they know how to do it. Um, so, so that's, you know, that, that's just one, one, of the, one of the signs that I'm on at the moment. Um, again, um, I'm not really doing too much with Twitter and Instagram, but they're, they're t- two things that I'm tr- trying to learn a bit more at the moment. Yeah, so that's really quite powerful when you start thinking about being a consumer of social media to a kind of a net contributor to mm. social media. So what has that meant in terms of your relationship with social media? How how has it changed? Essentially, what you described was you're a kind of a non-participant, slightly like a voyeur. I was a social media voyeur for many years myself, so I know the feeling. So what's changed in your relationship with social media? I, I, I love it. Uh, and I'll tell you what I love about it. For one, when people try to sell things to me on social media, I kind of I, I know what they're doing because of the, the the mindset that I now have and the understanding of social media. I know they're going to take me down their sales process or a funnel, if that makes sense. And then they'll upsell me something along the line like, oh, wait, we've got this for you. Oh, wait, we've got this for you. Oh, how about this? Or we've got this discount for you. It should have been this price, but that was that price. Um, but bringing it closer to home, what it's, what it's brought for me is the knowledge to pass on to my children. Um, so uh, <clears throat> my, my, my youngest is too young. She's only two and a half. But my son, who's nine, um, I've shown him how to create his own blog. So he's got his own blog now. 
So I thought to myself, okay, I've got children, you know, children, they're not going to be interested in it, but how can I make it interesting for them? So my son is a big fanatic on Fortnite, um, the, the, the video game, the online game. <clears throat> he loves it. He's on the Xbox constantly. I've in fact just told him to get off it not too long ago. So his blog is on Fortnite and his blog is Fortnite for Fanatics. So he's learned how to search for articles. He's learned how to do ad copy. He's learned how to um, go onto YouTube. He's learned how to get the code from YouTube, the embedded code, paste it into the blog. So then when he um, posts the post that um, or publishes that video, it's there, it's live. So let's you go onto the blog and you click it and you, you play it. Nine-year-old. Same with my daughter, she's 11. Obviously not Fortnite for her, even though she does play Fortnite. She's into TikTok. So what I thought, right, okay, let's do it for yourself. So I can't remember her blog name. I think it's something, something similar format, like um, TikTok um, for Fanatics or Fanatics TikTok. So they've got the both their blogs. So I've taught them how to, right, okay, this is what the professionals do. You don't go on your blog every day. You just schedule. Schedule is the key. So Sunday... Set your laptop, put out what you need to put out the content, and you schedule it. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Forget about it. Go and then go about your day. So, so that's what has given me now the, the education, or should I say the wisdom, because, uh, again, um, it's the, what, why I understand. My understanding of wisdom is, is knowledge applied. Um, so I'm giving that to my children to ensure that they have – platform for themselves for the future and they can monetize that because I was just having a conversation with them, you know Jesus I said to him in 10 years you're still kids and if you're and if you've monetized that blog in the right way or gone into you know like you do podcasts etc still teenagers you know um well my son would be a teenager still he'll be 19 but that'll be 21 so so that that's what I'm doing at the moment um, and on, on the online stuff, I've been listening to your to your um, to your, your your own podcast as well. And obviously, on one of them, you mentioned um, the situation with uh, with Primark. Um, it, it just shows how important online and digital is uh, in this day and age. You know, um, you, can, you can be as stubborn as you want and not want to move to not move, want to change. But we've seen what happened with um, with BlackBerry. Um, or research in motion for the initiated. Um, we've seen what's happened with Toys R Us. We've seen what happened with Kodak. Uh, and, and they invented the, the digital camera. Uh, I was just looking at it recently, I think 1975, but they didn't, uh, didn't imply it. So it's, it's, and, that's, and that's what I keep now saying to anyone who has been listening to any of my, oh no, listening, um, engaging uh, with any of my blogs, or I should say, yeah, again, listening to any of my posts on um, on Facebook or onto Instagram is, you know, we, we need to take digital online and social media serious in terms of monetization. Uh, if they don't, you know, all you need to do is just go and look at those companies that I just mentioned. Well, it's been a massive shift uh, in terms of online and certainly I think what you're describing as an industry is clearly ubiquitous 
uh, on YouTube. So whenever I kind of go on to watch some YouTube um, show, I uh, inevitably get the adverts ahead of time somebody trying to entice me into their local uh well their you know their version of the the funnel the marketing funnel and um and it's been really fascinating to see some of the personalities that have grown up and become you know quite big stars in their own right really just peddling kind of the things that you're describing so uh giving you access to understanding how to use social media to find your voice and reach an audience. And, uh, and that's really about finding people that resonate with your message and are uh, prepared to buy from you. I think Brian Rose from London Real talks about his thousand true fans. And I think he got this from an author called Chris Kelly. And Chris Kelly wrote a book about your thousand true fans. And the basis for it is, um, I, I think it's really the basis for social media marketing because uh, especially in the self-help space because what uh, Chris Kelly sets out is you only need a thousand people to create a viable business and so if you're taking $60 from each of those thousand people you're looking at a $60,000 and that's a living as uh, as Chris Kelly says and I think that's probably more than just paying for the the groceries and some sweets and toys for the kids and maybe filling absolutely. up absolutely uh, what, what hopefully will be the ret- return of the RDA for um, so what I want to what I want to ask you now on is what does this mean for what's next so you've established a presence you're now a net contributor to social media you're earning money, you're building your subscriber list, you're putting your system together, you're creating authentic content, but you know it's not unique. It's content that people need to consume. So you've described it as the, the how-to series. And that's been your strategy is to kind of fill the niche on that how-to, record content, put the content out there, people following it, making money off affiliate links, hopefully starting to build some digital products of your own. But when the market comes back, when IT recruitment actually uh, starts up again, and it will, and it may be slow, but you know, clearly we can see that things are going to have to start moving. They won't be the same. What, what has changed in the way that you are going to go to market as you start to launch Daniel Ernest back into the, uh, the mindsets of your consumers. Are you going to be using what you've learned now in a slightly different way? Or is it only, you know, stuck in the domain for kind of self-help and, and internet mode? No. On, on, yeah, great, great question. And I've been, this thought has been rattling in, in my brain quite a lot. So for one, yes, I will be utilizing um, social media stronger on this uh, on, on that subject so again a few examples is I, I never use YouTube um, I just would go on YouTube to um, listen to my meditation videos and stuff like that but we can have, we can have another chat about that another time um, but yeah so I would never use YouTube for myself but now the way I understand it is again YouTube being the second or the second world largest search engine um, so Daniel Ernest will, will launch on YouTube. I will put some content on there, video content on there, which will then hopefully drive traffic to my website. Um, one thing that I've learned, websites aren't too much important. 
All you need is a good sales funnel, which you don't need a website for. So I'll be utilizing, uh, I won't give him a promotion by mentioning the company name, but I'll be utilizing a, a, a very large, well-established well, well um, uh, uh, funnel um, by getting my clients to click on there. So for example, are you hiring um, what are you hiring, et cetera, et cetera. We'll lead them down the, down, the, down the route. It won't be selling to them. It'll be uh, asking questions, discovery. So then if they get to a certain point of the funnel and they realize that they don't need my services, then they exit. Uh, but it, at least I'll have their um, email uh, details so I can have a follow-up in a month or so time. So it will take them down maybe uh, three or four different avenues. Another thing that I will change is I, f- uh, I will be looking more for retained business uh, rather than contingency. Um, you know, contingency recruitment is is bloody tough out there. And again, my, my rant um, on a lot of clients out there is they don't realise or they don't want to realise or, or acknowledge that the recruiter is working for free. They are working for free. So they're, they're working seven o'clock at night, eight o'clock at night, whatever time it is, they're working through the lunches, they're vetting CVs, they're vetting the candidates, they're speaking to the candidates, they're meeting them for lunch. If I can't meet them on the lunch, um, if I can't meet them face-to-face, they're doing the Skype, Zoom. They're getting the references from them. You send the CVs to the client. The client has a bit of a conversation with, with them and then they say, yes, we want to hire this person. But actually, can we do it for a bit less percent? Or, which has happened to me quite a few times, I find the candidate within a very fast period and I'm like, oh, well, you sent it to me really quick. Can I get a discount? Well, no, I've been doing recruitment for over 10 years. The reason why I've got the person to you so quickly is because I'm good at what I do and because I've got a list of good candidates. So that, that's, my, that's my, hopefully my rant over, um, is that's one thing that I would, I would change. It will be retained or more focused around retained recruitment um, rather than the contingency because, you know, um, Hopefully, there are a lot of high managers listen, listening to this. You know, the, the recruiter is working for free. So, you know, it, and, and it is kind of, um, what's the word? Let's just say disappointing when, when that recruiter does the work and then, then the candidate, so that the client then tries to renegotiate at the back end or says, um, can we renegotiate because you've sent the CVs over to us very quickly. Um, I don't know. And there's, there's, there's a story, I don't know what it is now, it's in a book or something, it was something to do with a boat, um, um, a boat not working, I think it's fictional, and you know, the, the, the person called every mechanic there was to fix this boat, no one could fix it, and it was costing um, the person or company X amount of money, and they needed to move this boat, so he called one person, and he fixed the boat he walked over to it he tapped it and the boat worked and he charged him again I'm probably top of topic with, with, the, with the price and, the, and the, the analogy of this but I think he charged him something like let's just say let's just say he charged him $100,000 and the person was absolutely astounded and shocked that that person would charge him so much money for fixing that problem so easy 
So the person, the person wanted the refund or wanted a, a discount on that. So the the, the fixer of the boat, let's just call call him or her, um, rechanged the invoice to um, a pound for tapping the screw, and let's say you know ninety nine thousand ninety nine whatever for for the knowledge and experience. And I think that's that's lost in a load of companies and people when it comes to recruitment. You know, it, it takes it takes a lot of time and effort to build up your your database with with candidates out there and to build those relationships. Um, that's why you know strong recruiters out there can put that candidate to the to to the organisation within 24 hours or sometimes within a couple of minutes. I've done it myself when, when the jobs come up and they need a contract to start immediately and off the top of my head, who to who would be good for the role, but not just who can do it, but the personality fit for that business as well because you do your due diligence. Um, so I will stop off that topic now because I could be talking about that for days. <laughs> Yeah, I think the point here is that uh, you know that guy pitched up to to tap on the boat, um, and he paid a paid a a pound for the tapping, but he paid ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine for knowing where to tap. And what you're saying, is you know where the candidates lie, and people hire you, bring you on. Whack. In fact, they don't. They invite you to come and provide them a service for free. Um, and when you're able to respond, it's because of the strength of your network and the investment that you've made over a career as a, a recruiter working at the highest level that you're able to you know, apply and make the difference. But one thing you said that was very interesting is that you're now really changing the method, uh, the way that you are going to get in front of customers. You're going to be using social media more to do that. So they're going to be they're going to be finding you when they are searching for a recruiter, and, uh, and not only that, they're going to be finding you on your terms. So it sounds to me like you're not going to be putting yourself in a position to be getting many no's, because you're actually trying to attract the types of clients that are going to take more of a strategic relationship approach with their recruiter. And so it's not the doggy dog race to the bottom, which ultimately, you know, is the, the, the no fee, no work scenario, but actually something that provides more of a sustainable, engaged, relationship-based model for, for finding talent. Absolutely. Yeah. So on, on, on that side, it'll be automating my, my sales or my, my initial sales introduction. Um, so, for example, you know, some great platforms that you can use, Facebook um, uh, to, to LinkedIn. Um, you can automate your, or, you know, you can target your audience. Um, obviously, it's, it's a paid search. Um, and then you send that information out to, to your targeted audience. So, as you um, rightly said, um, the people who want to work with me will then respond to me um, because, you know, for me, anyway, gone in the old days, We'll be making you know 100 calls a day and getting 99 no's and then getting one yes and that one yes then we'll work with you and go oh actually <laughs> we haven't got budget at the moment but keep in touch and maybe three months down the line you get something um so 
let's just say it can be quite tiring, especially when you've, when you've done it for over 10 years. So we're getting to the end of our show now, on. so I've got a couple of quick-fire questions for you. Uh, the first one is going to be pretty interesting because uh, what I want to know is what technology have you come across in the last few weeks that's really just blown you away that you thought, wow, this is a true game-changer? And you, and you can't say YouTube. <laughs> technology has blown me away. Um, one, do you know, I don't even know the name of it. Let me quickly check it now. Um, is it TechSmith Capture? I think that's what I mentioned. Um, I'm sure it's called, yeah, TechSmith Capture. Um, so, so that, to me, just like, I was like, what is this? Uh, how, you know, uh, why did I never do this in, in the first place? So as, as I mentioned um, earlier on, you know, when I was doing my how to create a blog, I would literally just, you know, hit it. It would go three, two, one, go. The time would be on me and I'd click a button and it's back to the screen. And then I'm like on my blog, so, you know, clicking on this button saying this is what you click on to go into this part. This is how you sell. This is how you sell X. This is how you sell Y. So, yeah, so... That, that, to me, was, was a big technology um, smile, should I say. So it's called TechSmith Capture. TechSmith Capture. Yeah, it's amazing. Oh, it's yeah. absolutely amazing. We're, we're going to stick it in the show notes. I'm not quite sure I understand exactly what it does, but I'm going to check it out. We'll leave, that, we'll leave the suspense. So, uh, on uh, your superpower, what, you know, what is your superpower? Your, if your wife was sitting at the kitchen table with me right now and I said to her, what's On's superpower? What's she going to say? Gosh, I don't think she'll call it superpower. She probably, she, if you actually said that, she would, hand on heart, she would say that Anne is never happy um, in terms of if he's achieved something, who wants something else. If he's achieved this, who wants something else. Um, I, I don't call it that, though. I call it more of um, just tweaking so, you know, if, if I'm, I guess, you know, if, if, you're, if you're a great father, you live, for me, I, I try my best to live in the present. So it's like, okay, how else can I be a better father? You know, rather than just being happy with saying, yeah, I'm a good father now. If I'm a good husband, like, okay, how can I be a great husband? If I'm a great husband, how can I be a super husband? If, so... For, for me, I don't know if it's a superpower or not. It'll be more of just trying to, uh, and I go off this, this old saying, uh, I don't know if my wife remember or not. We've been together for 23 years, by the way. Um, so so um, I've, I've had a lot of sayings with her over the, year, over the years. So one of my old sayings was, can I? Uh, constant and never-ending achievement. Uh, achievement. So that's what I basically live, live by, just constant and never-ending achievement. So that, that's, that's me in a nutshell. Well, you, you've been uh, smiling the entire way through this episode, so I can't imagine that she would think of you as anything but uh, the happiest man alive on. So uh, if people are looking to emulate some of your success and apply some of this in their own businesses, well, how would they go about doing that? I mean, uh, are you, you, are you recommending... You pay me a million dollars. <laughs> Text in the post. Yeah. How do you recommend people get involved? How, how, where should they follow you? How do they get involved in some of the stuff that you're doing? Right. Okay. Well, hopefully you'll put a shout out to me, so you can you can literally just find the most platforms. So you, my my, um, 
my blog is freetownmindset.blogspot.com. Uh, so you can find me my blog right there. Um, you can get me on LinkedIn. You can get me on YouTube. You get me on Twitter. You get me on Instagram. Um, so I'm, I've literally embraced, when I say embrace, I mean with open arms, pretty much all the platforms out there. TikTok I'm leaving for now. Pinterest I've only just started with. Um, but yeah, but what I, what I want to do when we were just speaking um, off um, off air, what I want to do as well, and I have not want to do it, I am actually doing it. I'm not saying want to, I'm doing it. Um, I, I have been given up to 45-minute coaching sessions on how to create a blog. Um, so if anyone is interested um, on how to create a blog, what I will do, um, obviously for free of charge, um, so I'm just living off, off the mantra of which I mentioned, is you know I will do a, a Zoom or a Skype um, video um, chat with you. And we'll go on to a platform from scratch and I will have you posting live to the World Wide Web Within minutes, your first blog, um, I'll show you where you get your articles from because uh, you don't have to just create the content yourself. Uh, I'll show you how to use uh, YouTube um, to get the code, embed that, and then put it into your blog. Um, and again, I've, you know, or if you don't, if you don't want to do the one-to-one coaching, you can go to my YouTube channel and you can see um, how I do it because it, it's on there for free. Well, that sounds like a really great offer. I might have to take you up on uh, on that myself as I look to move my podcast onto YouTube shortly. But um, on, thank you very much. You've uh, been a, a great guest talking to us about the bleeding edge of social media and lifestyle design. It's been fascinating to hear about your journey. And uh, on, we look forward to watching what comes next. I'm sure when you uh, get to your million subscribers on YouTube, we'll, we'll, we'll get you back on the podcast. Um, hopefully you can do that by next week or the week after. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I've, I've, I've set a, I've set a milestone for myself, so we'll see. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be, um, it's going to be an exciting journey, which it already has been, but thank you very much, Ralph. I appreciate the introduction. Appreciate your time. So gratitude from me. Well, that brings us to the end of uh, another great episode of the Bleeding Edge podcast. I'm your host, Ralph Benker. We'll see you on the edge.